Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 162. Uh, The Premier League is back uh, and not much has changed, really. Ending last season with a 4-1 loss and starting with another. Uh, Failed to win our opening game of the season since August 2013. Uh, A heavy loss this time. And also, we've dropped more points from winning positions. Uh, Today, we will discuss the game uh, and we'll preview next week's return to St. Mary's as we face Leeds. Uh, No Moscow mush this week, uh, so we've got a substitute coming off the bench. Tim Bazance. Tim, how are you? Shit. Yeah, everyone's (laughs) feeling shit. But yeah, it's um, not a good start, is it? But it's kind of what we were expecting. Yeah, it's... The thing is, though, is that you can expect it, you can understand it's coming your way, but despite it all happening, it's terrible. It just leaves you with a nice gut rot and sets the tone for the rest of the season, which I'm not, I'm not ready for. No, but I mean, we've got to, we've got to do our best to try and stay positive. I mean, it is only the first game of the season. We've got some very, very important games coming up, which we'll we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, difficult, difficult one to start with. Some defensive errors again. We'll talk about the formation and, and, and the personnel. Um, but before we get into that, how are you doing anyway? How was how's your week been? Uh, shit. <laughs> shit also, as well. <laughs> yeah. So quick story. I'm missing a couple teeth and ultimately I had a bridge and way to fill the gaps in it. I'm getting a lot of dental work done, have done recently. Well, uh, unfortunately, I had surgery on Thursday and it didn't work out well because despite them doing all the scans and an x-ray saying that we're going to be able to install the implants I went into the surgery then I came out of it and they rec- they didn't they said there wasn't enough room or there was re- issues with the roots so effectively I had gum surgery or implant surgery that didn't happen and now I'm recovering from it 
and I've got to wait for that to completely heal and completely have a new treatment plan and spend a lot more money and it's not ha- not had a lot of fun with it. So in, in physical pain and in mental pain as well. So yeah, a fantastic week. That is correct, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll go into some um, ITN news before we get into the uh, the four one loss. Then how does that sound? Sounds ideal. Let's do it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay then, Tim. Uh, I want to start off with a little bit of transfer news that's been poking around uh, for a while that just won't leave me alone. So I want to discuss it with you. Um, The first I heard about Che Adams. um, I think this was Monday this news came out. Che Adams possibly moving on and Leeds interested. uh, Ten million pounds around there. Uh, Have you heard anything about this at all? You know, I saw the rumors and having talked and without spoiling the upcoming items, talked to people about, uh, talked to some Leeds fans, their interest has been there. Uh, a while back, there was interest when <clears throat> they were uh, in their first season within the Premier League. Uh, the goal, actually, I'm sorry, the first season leading up to, uh, the last season leading up to the cha- from the championship into the Premier League, they wanted a loan with an obligation to buy for Che Adams. So the interest has always been there. Feel like they've been tracking him for a long time and whether the price is right or not um, I could definitely see it and it's plausible to bring those rumors back to the fray but Ralph's not interested in letting anybody go right now no and that that's very very important because we're lacking in that in that area of the field as you all know so I don't expect anything to come of it it's just you know one-sided it's definitely not going to be an option for us to get rid of him so that's not on the table but it's just it's just these rumours that just keep me unsettled, you know, and, and like the second one I heard in the week, Kyle Walker-Peters, that's, you know, a heavy link. I don't know now whether they've got, you know, Kukurea on board from, from Brighton now, whether they're still going to be interested in another fullback. Um, but yeah, Kyle Walker-Peters linked with a move to Chelsea. They're, they're talking about 30 to £35 million, pounds, and he still has three years left on his current deal. What do you make of this one? Because, I mean, this is definitely one that, it could tempt Saints if, that, if we were talking about that sort of money. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be a, it'd be a great deal overall financially. But right now we have, would have no right back on the team. And Kyle Walker-Peters is seen as one of our probably the number two person on the team sheet after Ward Prowse. So to me, getting rid of him would effectively doom us. I mean, I think I don't feel very confident right now on the team overall, but if he came in for 30, 35 million, okay, so then you go and spend 20 to 25 on a replacement and then you're that, sitting on that, 10. That's not going to happen, is it? If they get 30, 35 million quid, they'll give them 10 million to spend on, a, on another fullback replacement. That's exactly what's going to happen. And it, or, will be, and it will be some 17 year old Bosnian. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. And to, yeah, to, and, or then they'll, and then they'll buy another 10 million person after that. So yeah. to me, we can't just be leaving out the players that are the most significant part of the ability for us to stay in. Yeah. Whether Ralph's interested in it or not, I, mean, I know I've spoken to a few people and they said that, that no bid has been made. Um, whether, you know, Ralph's not going to entertain it at all, which is probably what he should do. Right. Uh, but we still don't know what Kyle Walker Peters is, is intending to do. Uh, but, but like I said, he's got three years left on his current deal. So there's no need to panic just yet but there is a worry because there's what 20 27 28 days left in this in this transfer window so you know that that i i will i do think that we're going to see some players leave saints but obviously not at the right back position um a little bit more news then uh kamari doyle has signed his first pro contract after turning 17 on monday uh tim he's also picked up an injury which will uh keep him out of action for about two months. He's got ligament damage. So that's, you know, really bad news, but, you know, good and bad there. Congrats to him and being 17. It's the opportunity for increased recovery time. And hopefully the Saints now will have, well, they, if he has the medical, you know, medical access to the team, he'll be able to recover and get back and hopefully make a huge, uh, make a dent and come part of the first team. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch this space with him. A uh, little bit of news from the Premier League that's been out this week is that the players will no longer be taking a knee every match, uh, but will be using it in specific moments instead. Um, and that, of course, they remain united in, in all forms of discrimination and racism. 
Um, but yeah, they're going to do this in no room for racism matches in October, March, uh, Boxing Day, the final weekend, the FA Cup and Carabao Cup finals. Uh, wh- what do you make of this now, Tim? <laughs> now we're really getting on the heavy topics in this mm-hmm. podcast, aren't we? Uh, so, I mean, let's take it back a step. And the concept of kick, you know, kick it out with racism, the ca- campaign that the Premier League has, um, it's absolutely what's necessary. So to us having the conversation of whether or not the knee actually made a difference or not, we're now having a conversation on it, which is absolutely something that truly needs to happen. So to me, seeing that and whether or not... Uh, did it really make a difference to some people? A lot of people, it's not really going to make a whole lot. Um, but to me, if we're having this conversation right now, the conversation is continuing and ongoing two years after when they started doing it, uh, that's progress. And we could just kick it out and, you know, it's an easy once, uh, you know, one step, uh, one, one step fix. That'd be great. But right now, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's slow progress, but slow progress is still progress, right? And I, I just, I just worry that every, if you take in the knee every single game, it has lost that little bit of meaning. So if they do, you know, make it sporadic just throughout the season, that you can focus a little bit more on it and make more of a big deal out of it, uh, you know, as they need to keep doing. Yeah, you, if you're, we're talking about unique messaging, yeah, I, you know, over time everything become once becomes becomes more commonplace uh it becomes second nature and second nature you don't exactly, think much yeah. about it yeah. so for it making a unique situation i'm i'm okay with it i feel like it's necessary to continue the conversation all day every day until it is eventually kicked out but if they feel it's to it's better for the intended purpose of bringing the conversation to question uh, to question and to talk about it and to make it by making it more unique, then uh, that's what they've decided on. And I'm I'm OK with it as long as it never goes away. If they just all, all of a sudden they just wash their hands and say, oh, we're done. We've accomplished and we accomplished our goal and racism no longer exists anymore. Well, that's not that's that's going to be where that's, the problem. That's, that would be a massive, massive backstep. And that that's never going to happen. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that they are still still united and, and, and tackling all forms of this and. Yeah, long may it continue. A um, little bit uh, of news about the uh, the third kit. I mean, I'm sure you're all aware that the kit was launched um, and uh, somebody <laughs> had launched it a day before. Uh, Lianco, fantastic. I love this guy. He's so good. Um, launched the, uh, posted a picture on his Instagram of him wearing the uh, the new green, dark green third kit. And uh, <laughs> before it was, uh, it was released. Yeah, it was funny. And I think his personality fits the individual who or that would do something like that. Uh, it's just fun. It, it's fun to me and having to see and understand people's personalities. Lianco is a, he's a hoot. And then they, the, the Saints followed up with their own uh, marketing or marketing push, obviously, with the initial one. But then to him say, oh, what release? And him with uh, with the three pictures of him looking completely like shocked. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like it. It's almost as if it was planned. Almost. Oh, I'm I not sure. Know. No, this is this is Lianco, and it is um it is a very basic non understanding of the English language. They probably said to him, right, okay, this photo shoot's done. Uh, do not share. And he obviously heard it as, yeah, I'm going to go and share that. <laughs> But yeah, it was brilliant. And just when you think you can't love that guy anymore, he comes and does something like this. But I did love the um, the reactions from the from the club. It was um, it was nice because I, I didn't want to think that he was going to be in any hot water or, you know, get a fine over it. It was just one of them things. You know, it's just a bit of bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if if we're able to you know, in, increase the, the positive social media presence throughout the campaign, I'll take any positive bit that we can make. And oh God, they turn, Lord, Lord knows we need that. Yeah. Yeah. Turned a, a potentially a, an awkward situation for him into a, a good situation uh, in terms of uh, end results of marketing. Yeah. Uh, someone has left the club this week. Uh, Jack Bycroft, the goalkeeper has joined Taunton on loan for the rest of the season. So best of luck to him. Uh, moving on to the loanees then, all of them in action, actually. I don't think um, Kazima Legby came on for Ross County, but he was on the bench. All of them played, and I think all of them lost <laughs> as well. Um, Will Smallbone had a man-of-the-match performance in Stokes' 2-0 win over Blackpool, so that was nice. 
um, good to see. I mean, I've, I've looked at a couple of um, posts from, from Stoke fans and they're raving about him saying that he was absolutely amazing in the centre of the field there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's great for Will Smallbone because he does need to kick on now. I see him being the next Harrison Reed, uh, getting yeah. going to get – he kicked on over there at Fulham and ultimately then is uh, – you know, he could be end up being sold off. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the B team then, uh, the last match they played AFC Totten on Tuesday, a 1-0 win, uh, Riley Wright with the only goal. And that was, of course, pre-season. Um, the next match, their Premier League 2 campaign kicks off, and that is Monday the 8th, so that's tomorrow. Uh, and they're away to uh, Forest. So, yes, look out for that one. Uh, and the women's, they're still in pre-season mode as well. They drew 0-0 at home to Lewis last Sunday. Um, and they've still got one more pre-season game before they start their championship campaign. And that will be against Leicester away on Sunday the 14th. So that's next Sunday for their last pre-season game. Uh, and the under-18s, they start their campaign on Saturday the 13th of August at home to Villa. OK, Tim, it, it, it's time then. We have to we have to go into this this Spurs game. Um, are you ready for this? Nope. No, me neither. But, but let's let's do it anyway. And oh, do you know, our last point on opening day was August 2018, and that was a nil-nil draw against Burnley. Um, and the last win was in 2013, and that was a one-nil win over West Brom. So really, really not good on opening days, and not that great against Spurs in, in all honesty. Anyway, although last year, three-two win, it was the game of the season. It won Shitner, of course, as you remember. Uh, but, but not this time. It was 4-1. Uh, James Ward-Prowse with the opener. Ryan Sessegnon, Eric Dyer, Salisu own goal. And Kulisevsky compiling with the misery there. Tim, the star system. So he went 3-5-2, like, well, like we expected it, really. It was tried and somewhat tested in pre-season. Uh, you know, Valerie was in to the right of that, uh, right side of the three. Um, ABK not quite ready. Um, Adam Armstrong up top and of course Premier League debuts for Gavin Bazunu, Romeo Lavia and Joe Aribo. Uh Ralph had said that they deserved the start based on their pre-season performances and it was kind of hard to argue with you know Bazunu over McCarthy fine Gineppo over Perro too but, um, what, what were your thoughts on this on this starting line I don't think you were too pleased with it really were you? Uh, no I haven't been pleased with that entire lineup and the, and the concept of the entire lineup I feel that at least through the preseason games and almost feeling vindicated for this matchup is that I don't think that we felt or we were solid at the back despite um, putting an extra person. Yeah. yeah, despite putting an extra person back there. I think there were lapses in in zonal marking, which happened in the the example of that being the second goal where Valerie pushed out to cover the wide man on Sun. And then between that, KWP gave too much space between him and Bednarik, which allowed Dyer to slip in. And just while, yes, it was a very difficult header to make, uh, gave them he, he had the space there to be able to make it. And I think overall, uh, there are significant issues. And if we're giving up four goals by and even throwing an extra man back, we are giving up any opportunity for us to attack going forward so what do we do i mean the lineup itself we saw Gineppo with at a left wing back we saw him talking about um you know him being able to push forward and make more of a difference in the in in, in the offense uh walker peters as well getting far, farther forward jacob tanswell was saying that walker peters is our most threatening person going forward which is crazy to think about and also kind of scary because he's a fullback and com- connect all the dots. Uh, we saw Lavia, who's going who started a lot of the games. We saw Arriba, who was starting a lot of the games. Uh, Valerie was talked about highly by Ralph in the pre- in, in in the pre-match uh, conversation. Adam Armstrong was probably the only surprise out of all of it, though, as I didn't know necessarily see where he fit in comparatively to where he has been in the preseason. Uh, so basically you're saying that it's not, it was more the, the, the three, five, two than the personnel aside from, um, from Adam Armstrong. Um, I, I, what I want and what is the, what is the need for the team 
is is a completely different perspective. And I'm trying to try, I'm trying to keep both of them together because I don't feel that a, the five three two or the three five two or you know whatever whatever we have set up is best suited to our skill set. I do still feel that the four four two is better with more of a limit with more of a limited. Um, with more of, I would say a little bit more of a hesitation on the, on the wings. So, or Perot or, or left, I'm sorry, the left, the left fullback, yeah. the right fullback. Yeah. I would have, have, have them be a lot more hesitant going forward. Um, because I feel like that's where some of our breakdowns have occurred. I think that's better suited for us. I don't so think, I think this overall formation has ever worked for us, has it? I don't think it has. And I don't think we've seen, well, we've seen enough of it in preseason, but it, nothing that's made me confident in it. And obviously, Ralph feels like it was something that he should have used. But I just wish that it would just go back to the four-two-two-two. to be honest, because, yeah, it's just like you just said, then it's perfect. You summed it up perfectly. It doesn't fit our, our skill set. I just don't think it's it's going to work at all. Having said that, I mean, it started well enough, didn't it? And Gineppo with with some quick feet down there, um, who got the start over, over ahead of Pero and I and I don't disagree with it to be honest because I think he has he has been decent in preseason and you know he deserved to get the start um and he got the better of Romero and then put it on a plate for Prowse and it was um well it was an excellent goal really yeah it was ideal because in the formation with five at the back you have more flexibility for that wing back role to get forward and if there's anything that we know Gineppo can be is he is pure flair so going forward and dancing around, and if you uh, and then also seeing Sun dance around and mock him while he was playing, that was hilarious, but also bad at the same time. Uh, Gineppo was able to make that little extra move, push past Emerson Royale, uh, and that was great. And found and he pinpointed he pinpoint passed to Ward Prowse on the purpose of that goal. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised that Ward-Prowse was able to hit it like that, and it was a great start to the game. It was, but it was short-lived <laughs> because uh, Ryan Sessegnon, with a good header, it has to be said, but it was an even better better cross from Kulisevsky. And Kyle Walker-Peters at fault there, really, not not close enough to Sessegnon. It just gave him too much space. There was just too there was just too much going around. I just saw immediately once we once we hit them, and once we hit them on the counter there, all of a sudden. Like they're they're gonna they just they just got pissed off. It's like you just poked the bear at that point, and it, it didn't stop. Yeah, and then yeah, we've mentioned it, or you mentioned it in your initial thoughts that Eric Dyer scored, um, scored his first goal in over three years actually, um, to give Spurs the lead, an easy header. Uh, yeah, Jacob brought up this last week um, about playing a little differently this year off the ball. Um, and he said we won't be pressing as much. You'll see us more organised or try to, and that was evident there because. It, it was just making it easy for Spurs. I think you give them more time and put the ball into those dangerous positions, then we're not good enough defensively to be able to deal with that. So, I, I mean, I understand what Ralph is trying to do, but I can't see it working against teams like Spurs. And if you give people like Kulisevsky the space and time, and then we're going to get punished. And Valerie didn't close out uh, and the, the ball went into the box. And Eric Dyer's, you know, yeah, was a difficult header, but he still did the right thing and scored from it. It was tough. to. It was just tough overall. I, I felt that the back line was still in flux throughout the beginning of the first half. And we saw that with eventually the sub uh, in the second and go, in that halftime. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, as you can see from there, it didn't take long for the cracks to start to appear, did it? And it was all spurs from that point really and I, to be honest i think we were quite lucky to go into the break just one down because i think kane had that effort towards the end didn't he and, and bazunu did really well to deny him um but the, the the changes then uh at half time Stu comes on for armstrong and uh stevens for valerie what, what were your thoughts on that well i could see the valerie for stevens like and this is a sub that i thought that if you wouldn't necessarily make it if you had three but if you have five subs and you want, you're looking for somebody with a little bit different, you're not changing the formation all that much. You're just looking for uh, more defense. I was just going to go with a more of a, a better defender at Stevens, but maybe less. You're giving up a little bit more going forward in terms of progressing the ball. So, uh, uh, yeah, more, more of a calmer head at the back as well, Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. So to me, I think I'm, I'm okay with that type of sub. Because I think that's what we should be doing in considering and making those tweaks. And I was hoping to see that 
it could make a difference. And honestly, I think it did solidify us a tiny bit, but it didn't help overall. What, what we needed was scoring goals. And then seeing the Armstrong for Armstrong sub, we didn't have an actual true striker out there. Arebo no, Arebo had to move up, didn't he? And yeah. yeah. And we, I get that there we've got Stu and you got the flexibility, but we didn't have anybody who is de- truly dedicated as a as a number nine striker. And at this point, we've got three different, you know, basically three DMs. Ward Prowse can is can can be can arguably be an eight in this case. So to me, I'm seen as like a five two one two, but even then, Stu and Rebo aren't. They're they're not true center forwards, so where are we missing? What are, what's going on? And I just it just felt bad. It felt demoralizing because we once we I saw those subs, we weren't going to make any difference. It wasn't going to make a difference. No, did you notice that whenever we play this formation, that our our center forwards just look isolated? And as soon as Arevo pushed up, he looked isolated, and it was quite anonymous. You know, you look at his. His uh, performance as debut on, on a whole, it was quite an isolated performance from him. It was anonymous, didn't really get around, and that's just shows the lack of creativity we have. We just can't do anything, can't do enough with it. And mm-hmm. you know, more pressure from Spurs, just soaking it up. And just after the hour, it got worse. And this was just as <laughs> about as embarrassing as you can imagine. Salisu, oh my goodness, stuck in two minds and decides to help Spurs out by adding their third and. Just a terrible goal to concede all round. Using his left foot instead of you know sweeping it away with the with the right. I don't get what he's doing there. He's thinking he probably felt that he was in better positioning to clear it than not, and that is just a sign of inexperience. Uh, it, uh, I think I was watching the Sky Sports cast. I don't remember. It. I don't think it was the uh, the Peacock cast at the time, or maybe I was. But they basically said. Your your teammates need to be yelling at you that you have a space because even if, for example, you're drifting into the goal, what could happen there is, yes, the ball, if you just stop the ball and let it sit there rather than potentially clear it, it's sitting right there. But if there's nobody around you, uh, you know, you might have that extra chance to regain and you have an extra second to regain your footing um, to make you know, to be able to go and to kick it out or clear it give him the call but i understand why he wanted to do it he just was in the middle of a poor position made an extreme even worse situation made a terrible situation even worse by it wasn't even close it wasn't like it scraped the post or anything he put it into the corner of the side <laughs> net it's just bad just really really bad i you know i, I had to laugh i was just like because i knew this game was coming and i knew it was going to get worse and you see that and you just think wow you know just write this one off now and Let's just hope for the for the whistle, but um, it wasn't it wasn't over because uh, Kulisevsky added added more. Um, Salisu just left him in the box, just awful defending from him really there, and then they to forget on a whole. I mean, it doesn't matter if if you know if we load the back line with another body or not. If you can't defend properly, then you you know we're going to get punished, and you give Kulisevsky far too much space and time and. You know, that's the difference in those areas. I think Ralph said in his interview afterwards about individual mistakes and, you know, they, they might have kept Son and Kane quiet because they did, but not Kulisevsky. And, you know, he was pulling the strings from outside the box and just, you know, teetering on the edge of the box. And whether we make a successful season of it or not, it's going to come down to these individual defensive errors. And that's exactly what the game was yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And Kulu won, uh, he won man of the match for a reason. And two things was his off the ball positioning. Yeah. And his, and his second was his crossing. We saw that with his, uh, with his assist that he got for the Cessna young goal. Uh, and then the movement around and finding the, finding the seams, finding the gaps and knew exactly where to be. Um, so Congrats to him uh, on his fourth goal. Gineppo was way too far forward. And I think that was once again, a byproduct of being the wing back. And then the coverage wasn't there. So Salisu's left high and dry. Uh, where's Romeo? Where's WordPress? Where's Lavia? And we can't expect WordPress to be everywhere at all points in time. So I'd have to look and take a look back a little bit closer. I just remember though, that Salisu's two on one in the corner, and then all of a sudden, bam! Kulu's got the ball. I don't know. I mean, if you look at that again, the, the inside the box is covered, and he kind of Salisu just kind of runs past Kulisevsky. It just leaves him, 
and mm-hmm. then he's going nowhere. Uh, Salisu, he's just running to the byline for some weird reason, and it's just an easy fallback. I don't uh, absolutely. I don't know what he's doing. I honestly don't know what he's doing. And I just don't. Uh, I, I just don't. Uh, I just don't know. Like I, I felt demoralized. I, I don't trust him now. You know, these these errors are becoming more and more. You know, we we saw a spell last season where the guy was incredible. All the blocks that he was doing, he was getting in the right place at the right time. Just lately, Tim, he's get, he's doing he's the complete reverse of it. I don't know what's going on. Does he not? I mean, is the, is the free at the back confusing him? I don't know. It's just it might be in a way because it's like, well, who's who's got who? You know, if it says if there's two there, it's a bit more simple. If there's three there, it kind of adds to the confusion for him, and he's just he's not dealing with it well at all. And it would be very interesting to see, you know, moving forward, like how he's dealt with, because at the moment he needs to be pulled out of that team because he's a, he's a liability for me. I, I, I truly think it was the formation that threw everything off. Uh, I don't know exactly, you know. He's not going to change I, it, Tim. You know he won't. Well, Ralph, Ralph is stubborn. He won't change it yet. We'll, we'll find out against Leeds. We certainly bloody will, yeah. And like I said, I was grateful for that final whistle. And, you know, it's just one win in 13 Premier League games now, and we've conceded 34 goals in the process. In the last two games alone, we've conceded eight. Um, the, the general consensus is and was even before kickoff that we've struggled this season. And indeed, you stated that we'd be relegated. Um, but we need, we need to get it behind us as quickly as we can and move on to Leeds. And we need to address this quickly and maybe, like I said, change that formation again. But I can't see it happening anytime soon. Tim, tell me something positive about this game, please. Romeo Lavia. Ah, oh, good. So to me, uh, he was the standout, quote unquote, standout player of the game. I think him being able to drop back and then and feed in positioning between the, the wing backs and, so, and, the, and the center back balls. Um, I also felt that he didn't make a bad touch going forward. Uh, I don't think he made a, a massive difference in the offense, but that wasn't his. That's not his job as a six. I think that his positioning was good. I think he was a nuisance back there, and I thought his he, he had a lot of confidence on the ball. So to me, uh, when we didn't think about seeing him all that much in the preseason, and I had a little, a few concerns going in there with an 18-year-old starting as the starting six. Um, it's a position generally you see somebody with a, a cooler head, uh, lots of intuition and experience on the ball. Example being Romeo. Uh, to me, I felt it was very, it was very good seeing him out there and seeing what the the potential that he has. I couldn't agree more. I'm glad you brought him up, Tim. I, I, I am. It was great. Overall, positives from the game was the was the full time whistle. Um, no, I, I can do better than that. I mean, look, it's Spurs. It's away. It's opening day. Uh, and Romeo Lavia, yeah, he didn't look out out of touch, did he? Let's let's face it. Um, and don't forget, yeah, he's you know this is his first game debut. He's 18. There's going to be pressure, um, but he looks cool. It, it does look like he's been there for ages as well. And I've got a few stats on him, Tim. He had 49 accurate passes, and that's 96%. Um, 13 ball recoveries, 11 passes to the final third, uh, seven ground jewels won, that's an 87%, and 100% accuracy on long balls. He did his job. He was the only one who really did do what he was asked. So, yeah, Lavia was, was, was good. It's, it's a great debut for him despite the 4-1 loss. Uh, what did you make of um, Aribo's performance? He's been held high and dry this entire time. So him being up as a lone striker in the second half was even worse than him being able to play as a second striker off of Adam Armstrong. So there was only one point, uh, and I can't remember, it was like this, in the 70th, uh, the 70th minute or something right around there, where he was able to get the ball through and Salisu um, was able to just completely put it behind uh, the right center back. So that would have been Romero. And Rebo just had, to, he didn't have the best angle on it, so he just took a snapshot and mm-hmm. Luis got low quick. Um, it was going in, um, but that was what we can see out of the individual prowess that he has. Yeah, so, high and dry is, is accurate, isn't it? He was very yeah. high and very dry. So, yeah. 
he he's the only player that we've signed as a finished product, and I can go on a rant forever about this. But to me, I see point. his value in the team, and I see where he's going to be able to be and how he can be impact. Um, I mean, we, he's he scored in the Europa League final last year, and now he's playing as a you know as a solo striker against Spurs. Like it's not, it just doesn't. Something's amiss. Like bad tactics. Uh, yeah, just, just bad tactics overall. But um, promise, I do see promise in Arebo. Yeah, me too. Um, tough day for Bazunu. Uh, <laughs> conceding four in your debut is, is not great, but I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, he, may, he did make some good saves, but you can't really pinpoint one goal and say you should have done better than that because defensively, his defense let him down. Mm-hmm. He had five saves, uh, you know, five shots on goal, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think his distribution was absolutely poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was absolutely poor. If you looked at any all of the balls that he got off of the goal kit, uh, off the, the center start uh, after the goals um, or the half, uh, he didn't hit anybody. He didn't. He basically it, and there's been there was a couple times where he slipped here and there. I thought his like I thought his distribution was poor. I think his positioning you could, on the goal. You could goal, put that down to nerves, couldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. And he could and that that could be better in five games, 10 games, or even... Sure, and it's not something week. that you're you're initially worried about. As long as he's, you know, shot-stopping at the moment, then... Correct. Yeah. Correct. And he his positioning on the goal line was I, was ideal. So, to me, I, you know, that's what you want. That's, you want, that's the first thing you got to do, is you got to keep the ball out of the net. Are you going to distribute more? Well, if we're going to be playing out of the back and, can, and holding the ball in, the, in our own third for a lot longer, then you're going to need to make a bigger presence. But to me right now, you need to be able to establish yourself as saying, OK, I'm not going to get beat near side or I'm not going to let in a goal that I shouldn't have been able to let in or sure. I'm going to I'm going to get beat out in the air. Uh, and lead to an error that maybe even wasn't a goal, but can show and can find cracks in my game and, and bring down my confidence. Pero, uh, Tim, he had 19 minutes and he had the most shots. What? What's going on with that? That's not right. I mean, Gineppo started, of course, and he had the assist. Um, and like I said, deserved the start, I think. OK, he's got less meat on him than a chicken nugget. But I mean, he was quite useful yesterday. Both of them were. Yeah, I, I like Perot. I think Perot is our left back and should be considered a left back going forward. I, I recognize why we put Gineppo in there, but I want a flat back four and I want Perot in there because he's he, he's mighty mouse to me. Yeah, I, like, I like him. I've always liked Perot. I was excited when we signed him and I, I wanted him in straight away. And uh, yeah, I think if 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 he settles in a little bit more and he's a little bit more consistent and he gets all those starts, then yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's he's the one going forward for me. We know what his, his assist rate were like in France. If he mm-hmm. could just apply that over here, I think we've got ourselves a player, and I, I just want to see more of him. Yeah, that that le- he has the best left foot on the team. Yeah, that's not a hot take, I don't think. I think that's a yeah fair assessment. Uh, you used all, all five substitutions, and then you mentioned that Stevens was probably put on because he had those five substitutions, and had it been three, then we wouldn't have probably done that anyway. But he did make all five. I mean, Stu, Stevens, Perot. Diallo all came on, and then Redmond with seconds to spare. A uh, very late one for Redmond. Did Redmond need to come on early, do you think? I think we needed to do something. <laughs> something early, and, yeah. Yeah. But then again, I mean, the match was already lost, wasn't it, after the hour, that when we were four down, it was whatever you did then, it wasn't going to make a difference. If we're putting somebody on at the plus two mark in a game when we're down three goals, I, I don't I don't want to just really even see the point of it at that point. Like, you yeah. got to make those subs earlier and even if it's 10 minutes or 12 minutes to save Walker, the, save the stamina of the player, so be it. Um, uh, I would have taken, I, I mean, I would have switched to the 4-2-2-2, but once again, I'm not, I'm not Ralph. And uh, I, you know, once we, once we need to make that, once we need to do, once we recognize that we're down, you need to go for it or you're going to sit there and you're just going to end up taking it and it's not going to be. It wasn't pretty like we just had. Uh, yes. OK, so I, I, I read before I get into some stats, um, I just want to read a tweet that Adam Blackmore has put out. Um, he put it out on Sunday morning and I thought it was quite interesting. And he said, based on my view, that the midfield trio of Lavia, uh, James Ward-Prowse and Romeo were the best part of Saints yesterday. Why not play a 4-3-3 against Leeds and go on the front foot at home with a front three of Aribo, Adams and Stuart Armstrong? 
What do you think about that? Nice I would. Flat back four, three midfielders that are arguably the best players in the team, certainly against Spurs, and then the three up the front of Aribo, uh, Adams, and, and Stu. I like it. Uh, it gives it gives Ward Prowse a little bit more freedom to go forward. You've got Romeo and Lavia coming covering what would be the wings um, as needed. I once again feel like we've one of the t- some of the times that we get exposed on the on the four two 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 is that because our wing uh, our wings are pushing up so high and by wings I mean our, our fullbacks. Sure. So that's where you have Romeo and Lavia uh, dropping in. Now Lavia's got speed. Uh, he can do it. Romeo can't necessarily do that. So, you know, just, but just about, let Romeo stay put there. <laughs> he can yeah, just sit a little bit deeper in that three. Absolutely. And you're going to have, to me, I think that means you've got four, you've, you're giving Ward Prowse more freedom to go forward. Um, and he is going to track back. He's got fitness for days. We know that. So to me, seeing it all, why not? Like, let's go for it. And, but is that what they're going to do? <laughs> oh, no, of course not. He won't even try it. Even if the, the game is slipping away, he will not go to that formation. But, you know, he's getting paid to make those decisions. Stats, Tim. Possession, 43% to their 58. Uh, 10 shots to their 18. Uh, just a two on target to their eight. Um, XG, uh, Spurs, 2.02. Saints, 0.53. Sounds about right. Um, but this one, Tim, clear-cut chances, zero for us uh not good enough uh, and it's it's back to that again no one creating anything um no one moving enough and we just don't have enough we don't not yet the, the transfer window still open <laughs> i'm trying to be positive i am i am post-match interview there now ralph I, i'll just read you some of some of ralph's comments for those of you who haven't seen it it isn't about being organized it's one versus one, and we haven't been good enough. They switched up a gear after 20 minutes, and we weren't good enough. What we wanted to do worked quite well, and we had some good moments. We were lacking defending in and around the box, and that's why we try do it with a back five. But it is about being stronger individually. Against quality teams, every mistake gets punished immediately, and that's what's happened today. We tried to change the shape at halftime and be more offensive, but when you're defending around the box... You want that the feeling that they are never going to score, and we didn't have that feeling today. Uh, what do you think about that? It isn't about being organised, apparently. Don't know what to think outside of it. Just sounds like it's an excuse. Going back to the to the one on ones and and the individual mistakes, but I, I don't know. I think it's deeper than that. I'd like to think it is just the individual mistakes because that that you can you, you as long as you've got the team singing off the same hymn sheet as it were, then eventually it will come. But if you keep making these individual mistakes, then you know it's um it, it's going to cost you. That's basically what he's saying. So yeah, uh, man of the match, Tim. Who are you going with? I'll go with Lavia, who made a positive step on his first game in the Premier League, isn't a debut. So congrats to him. Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the same thing. With you as well, Tim. You got some breaking news for us, I believe. Well, this was um, this was this came out late last night on Saturday night uh, local time, but there is a potential for uh, for us to sign Callum Hudson Odoi on loan from Chelsea. Uh, he didn't even make the starting bench, so with an extra two players this year with nine, uh, a right side uh, right side wing. Um, potential for lots of flair, lots of movement, um, energy. Stamina. Energy, all of that. Strength, um, yeah. But I also hear that Leicester are, are, are on the cards as well, and he's got a choice to make. So uh, I wonder where that's going to end up. There. Well, I don't think he's the he's what we need on the team. Honestly. No, he's not. He's not. But it's it's, it's just a it's just another play. It's just another rebo, isn't it? Really. Yeah, we need we need <laughs> uh, let's, let's we need Broya back. Yeah. We we need bro we need we need six. I want six goals in the team. That's what I want. I want six goals because if I think I get – if we can get Brogy back and we get six goals back, I feel that we could have a better-than-not chance of staying up. Right now, I don't feel that because I feel like I don't think we're going to have those other six goals replaced. From No, but like I said, there's still time. There's still time to bring in a striker, even if it is only on loan. We need to do something, and we need to do it now. Um, Tim, turning our attentions away from Spurs then uh, – we got Leeds next week, and yeah, this this Leeds game now is 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 important, right? Not least because of the upcoming fixtures after that, you know, because even before the Spurs result, 
this looked like the most likely to get the maximum points on. And the only win that I saw as a possibility. And if, if you lose this one at home and then suddenly, you know, the rest of the month almost becomes a write off, doesn't it? Because you've got Leicester United and you've got Chelsea. It does seem formidable. And somewhere you've got the Carabao Cup uh, second round in there also. But yeah, it, 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 this has become really important, even though it was something that we foresaw. Um, so Leeds, yeah, Saturday, the 13th of August, uh, three o'clock kickoff. And that's at St. Mary's um, biggest win against against Leeds at home, by the way, was back in November 1981. Uh, that was a 4-0 win. Uh, goals from Mick Shannon, Steve Moran, Kevin Keegan and David Armstrong. I do not remember it. Um, head to head, uh, Saints have won 28. Leeds have won 47 uh, and they've drawn 21. Tim, uh, how is this going to go next week? Wow. So great intro there. But Leeds, I mean, they they escaped relegation on a final day of last season. Thanks to Jesse March, who led them uh, led them to a win against Brentford uh, ahead of their 17th place finish. So with them taking over from Bielsa, uh, we also had that endless pursuit method of a team where the constant, the constant running where Jesse Marsh is, uh, a little bit more pragmatic, uh, allowed them to stay up. They've also, so, got, they've also got three points already this season, which is something that I didn't see happening against Wolves. Now I'm, I'm more concerned now. Maybe I, I, I wrote them off too soon. And yeah. Jesse Marsh. Jeez. And I think Marsh is, uh, I, I like having, as an American, I like having Americans in the Premier League. It's really, it's really fun to see. Um, he's from Wisconsin too, so it, it, it's Midwestern guy. Just, it's, it's, it's good. Um, I like it, but that's not the point. We're here to talk about uh, Southampton against Leeds, and so their off season was quite eventful. Uh, what they had a significant overhaul, and, and effectively their two best players left, Calvin Phillips and Rafinha. So. Those were, they went over for a hundred, over a hundred million pounds and coming in from their, their Jesse Marsh and their transfer strategy. It's, you could see what they were looking for. So they brought in a number of players that, Americans. Are, yes, they brought in two Americans. So of course, Brendan Aronson from Red Bull Salzburg. Looks uh, like a player to him. He looks really good. Oh my. I am so glad that I have um, put him on my fantasy team on purpose. Um, because I wanted a, I feel like he was going to make a difference and he, he, he didn't score. Really, he didn't score. <laughs> no, but he, he made <laughs> runs in. He, he's got some grip. It's, he looks fa- absolutely fantastic. He does, look, he does look very good. Yeah. yeah. And then Tyler Adams was playing as that six, uh, alongside, uh, other signings that they have. Marco, Ro- uh, Mark Roja, Roca from Bayern Munich, uh, Rasmus Christensen also from Red Bull Salzburg, uh, Luis Sin- uh, Sinistera, which I'm really happy that we are not going to play. Uh, against him, uh, or at least hopefully don't think he's going to start or his up to full fitness because he looked really, really, really good too. Uh, and then in the quote-unquote swap deal, they got Darko Gabi back from Man City. Um, so they lost. Uh, so obviously, obviously, if they lost Phillips and Rafinha, they put Tyler Roberts on loan uh, to QPR, and they're really, really, really good player. Uh, who's 19 years old, center back, Charlie Cresswell. He's on loan at Millwall, and he looked fanta- he's looked fantastic the last uh, the first game of the season uh, for them. And the second, uh, they didn't do too well last time uh, with him and Jamie Shackleton, who also they put on uh, to loan to Millwall. Um, so, geez, you know what are we, you know what are what are we looking at for them? So they used to play a 4-1-4-1 under Marco Bielsa. Right now what they're doing is they're playing uh, much more of a 4-2-3-1 uh, in, those, in that uh, we've, they've got Bamford, who is up top. We all know who he is now. Uh, Jack Harrison and Brendan Aronson uh, on, the, on the, uh, the outside of the front three, and Rodrigo is that, uh, that, that second striker, that middle cam roll, whatever you want to consider it. Uh, Tyler Adams and Mark, uh, Mark Roca, uh, in the six, eight, in that, in the two of the four, two, three, one alongside Rasmus Christensen on the right, Robin Cook, um, Diego Lorente and Pascal Struck, uh, as their defenders and then Meslier as the goal, as the, uh, the keeper. So they've got some, that right there is, is young, but positive, not uh, excluding Rodrigo and Bamford is, and truly is young, but they've got a lot of uh, promise there as a team. And uh, they looked really good. If you take a look at the Wolves highlights. Uh, they really put them to it. 
uh, all the way into the 80th and the 90th minute. They basically had constant pressure put on them at all points in time. They were a nuisance. They caused, you know, they they frustrated Wolves, and um, ultimately, they 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 are our relegation. Can't, you know, they're they're our rivals right now since they were last year, and I'm scared because I think they're they actually improved themselves. Um, did, have you been speaking to any Leeds fans this week, Tim? What's the feeling in in, in the Leeds camp? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to say thank you to everybody on the Leeds subreddit who I reached out to and gave me back some good answers and what they're looking for. Um, so a number of different answers have come through. Uh, there, a lot of people are generally very positive about uh, the signings, specifically the ones from Rebel, uh, Rebel Salzburg. So Zach Dash Dalt. Uh, Dolt, I think it's how you pronounce it, um, are really happy with uh, specifically Rasmus Christensen, who did look a little bit shaky, but when he went going forward uh, yesterday, he looked really, really good. Took a look at the highlights. Uh, he was uh, overall. Um, but it's a matter of cohesion and what they're able to uh, combine. Um, so there's that. People tend to be cautiously optimistic. Um, they're looking because selling and Rafinha – they just after narrowly avoiding the drop, they felt that it, they went more for the pragmatic idea that sell the two best players, fill out the lineup with six, sign six others to, to as a replacement for to help with depth and to challenge and uh, challenge for people in their current roles. An example of that would be Rasmus Christensen over Luke Ayling. Um, so many general fan feelings there all around uh, people are unsold on him, but they're wanting, they're going to give him a chance because he kept him up. Uh, that's, that's why they're there. So just having that. And uh, everybody says we, who do we fear the most is Ward Prowse and his, uh, and his free kicks uh, last year. He, they, Ward Prowse did score against Leeds and beat Meslier on the near side, uh, which was, so they were all scared about that. Uh, predictions, nobody predicted a Leeds win and nobody predicted a Leeds loss. Everybody was predicting a draw. Uh, all five people that I asked. And so I guess what ultimately to them is one of the things is that the away win rate for Leeds last year was less than 10% uh, against for the last five years against teams in London or further south. It used to be the London curse. So that's really it, that they have a shocking record in the South. Wow. So that's that to me. Thank you so much for uh, for that comment. Um, and people ultimately looking at uh, Bamford being back as the talisman because he was out for a significant portion of the time last mm -hmm. uh, last year. And also, though, while people saying they lost Calvin Phillips, he didn't play a lot. He played less than half the games last year and being injured. So seeing that, taking a look at all that information, it's just all they they seem to be more positive than I am about how we feel right now. And that's crazy. <laughs> well, to they, think they've, about. Ju they've just had a win. So, yeah, they're, they're yeah. bound to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to apologize because I feel like I've been so negative and this is probably the most negative I've felt this entire time being a being a Saints fan and especially being on the podcast with you. Um, I just don't I just really overall feel that we've signed a bunch of players that are great for the future. But that doesn't that doesn't guarantee our security right now at this point in time, and it's not it's not the it's not sitting well for me. No, that's fine, man. That's exactly how I feel, and I, I appreciate you being truthful. I don't want you to come in there and say we're going to whip teams six now every week. Nobody wants to hear that, so you know because it's not going to happen. Uh, prediction for this one, then, Tim. Are you being a little bit more positive about this? Although I will say first that Kevin uh, has given me his prediction, and he's going for a nil-nil draw. I would take that. Honestly, no. because at least we, I would take a point uh, if we get a, if we get a point, I'm going to take it. But to me, uh, geez, I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to I'm going to go with a 2-1 loss. Oh, dear. It's really bad, Tim. Mm -hmm. This could be an awful season if we come out and, uh, and lose this because I don't like the rest of the month. Um, I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win, a slight one. Um, I think it's going to be KG. I think it's going to be. I think we can soak it up from Leeds, to be honest, and I think we'll we'll get the goal, whether it be a set piece or a, mm -hmm. or a mistake. I don't, I don't know. I just have a feeling that we can uh, 
we can get three points on the board here. So between the three of us, we've got a draw, a loss, and a win. Thank you to PCLUF, uh, LUFC, Zach Dolt, uh, Supe, and LUFC Deacon for uh, your responses. I do appreciate that, and I wish you guys the best of luck next week. Absolutely. Yeah, I echo that. Thank you, guys. Thanks for uh, for taking the time to chat with us. Discord, Tim, some predictions then. Uh, you know, we all predicted a Saints loss apart from three on our Discord, and they went for draws. Uh, it's time to name and shame you. That's Tony Adams, Colt Baker, and Kevin McGee. Shame on you for thinking that we could get a point out of this. But yeah, you're you're all bottom of the league. Everyone else is level on, on two points. I have put that league table out on Discord, so if you go and check it out, you can see where you are. But Tim, you're top of the league, and, and it's just basically because uh, you're alphabetically you're 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 at the top. Don't get too excited just yet. Well, I hope I am not at the top of the league as I predicted <laughs> as I predicted yes. a loss. Yes, uh, Super Six then uh, round one is still in play because they are including the United and City games from today, but. As it stands, Tony Randall has 14 points, so he is at the top. Uh, fantasy football, Tim, uh, how's it looking early doors then? Decent for me. Decent for me. Uh, I was I, I, I made some last-minute switches, and I put Reese James and Aaron Ramsdale switch, uh, switch in. I felt that it worked out well because Reese James got me seven. Ramsdale, uh, they, they blanked uh, Crystal Palace. So those two were great. And once I have already, like I said, I had Brendan Aronson, who while he there was an own goal uh, that he was eventually trying to take credit for, I get. Um, uh, I'm very happy for him at 5.5. And overall, uh, I'm I'm very pl- pleased with how things are going. I will we'll just see how things go eventually. And I don't know about Matty Cash with with Villa losing 2-0 to to Bournemouth and. But then also Maxwell Cornet coming in uh, with uh, in combination with Benarama and Bowen, who Bowen at 8.5, who um, was one of the top players last year. I have him in, so I wonder if some of his points are going to drop because of that. Uh, I got 31. I, I made a mistake. I put Mitrovic on the bench. I mean, why would you play Mitrovic when when he's up against Liverpool, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I stuck him on the bench, and uh, it didn't work out. And I also put uh, Dean Henderson on the bench. Uh, who scored three points, uh, even though they lost two now. And I put Jose Saar um, in my goal, and he only scored me two. Uh, but who's top of our league then, Tim? Who's done the best? Right now. Yep, 70 points. No. Um, he had Zinchenko in, Salah captain, uh, which is usually and always almost always a good choice. And, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. He went for Sun, Salah, uh, and De Bruyne. Interesting. Good for him. Yeah, how did he fit all those in? That's crazy. <laughs> well, his bench is basically 4.0s or 4.5s. Yeah, that's why. But then it's worked. So, yeah, James Crump done really well. How about our, our very own Moscow Mush? How did he get on last week? I don't know. Let me just keep scrolling here for a bit. <laughs> scrolling and scrolling. No, I found him. He's 64. He got 40 64. points, so that's not too bad. He's done yeah. all right. He's done better than I have. Um, he, he captained Salah, which was good. He had uh, James Ward-Prowse on the bench, though, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, not yeah. good for him. Well, he Ward-Prowse is going to go in for his team because Joe oh, Martini did not out. play. Yeah, yeah that's did right. Did not play, so he's going to slot in. So that's going to be – he's on 49 right now with one, two, three players to go, including Cancelo and, Hol- and Holland. Yeah. Holland. So for me, I've got – yeah, he's not too bad. Not too bad. So he's at 49. I'm at 48, and I have uh, two players to go. That would be uh, Cancelo and Bowen. I have um, Cancelo and Haaland, who's my captain. Mm-hmm. So when Haaland scores a hat-trick today, I'll be right in there. So, yeah. Um, and our draft league, have you checked that out? Have you seen how, how that's going? Yeah, taking a look uh, right now. We are... Uh, I've got 23 points. Uh, Ronaldo, I started, which was not a smart idea. Now he's on the bench Uh, today. He's on the bench, but uh, I do have Zinchenko, who's on the bench, who I'm hoping for can slot in for somebody if they don't play later today. Um, But beyond that, uh, let's see. Alex has run away with it this week so far. He's got 59 points. Wow. And and then I'm second on 28. Uh, You know, we're on 
23 and, and Mush is at the bottom on 15. So, yeah. Thank you again for listening. Uh, if you do appreciate what we do, uh, then please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number and just buy us a coffee. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, and next week, unfortunately, I'm away on my holiday next Saturday, which means I missed the first home game of the season. Uh, so no show next week. Uh, maybe we'll do something in the, in the week. Who knows? Um, but we'll be back as uh, normal on Sunday the 21st to discuss uh, both the Leeds and the Leicester games, and then we'll preview uh, Man United. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and let's hope that things turn out better and our mood is much higher next time you listen to us. Superb. Uh, up the Saints. 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 Up the Saints.